Hello and welcome to a new episode of Dumped, the podcast about everything heart achy, once again coming to you in English. My name is Arden Kruger and today I'm joined by a marvellous guest, friend, former teacher, my guru and published poet, <laughs> Dr. Ren Powell. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I didn't know I was a guru. Oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> you... still guru-averse. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you say you're not, I I do. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I do consider you a bit of a guru for me in uh, in terms of everything theatre and also great conversations in life. To be honest, because we always seem to have very good discussions. <laughs> we do. I've enjoyed these. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we meet up, there's always. There's, we we discuss so much in terms of politics and uh, like feminism and like there's always really really good uh, conversations and also just from the time when you used to be my teacher um, I always like you're so knowledgeable and reflected. <laughs> <laughs> I know dangerously little about a little bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good way of seeing it. I think that's pretty much a part of being a guru. Uh, <laughs> not to say anything, I don't think Guru is a protected title, but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a huge fan. And also you were my teacher in up and sec upper secondary school, I think it's, I usually refer it as college, but I think is the proper term is upper secondary school. Yeah, um, upper secondary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Mm, um, well... Don't know what there is that's uh, interesting to tell. Um, I'm born in the states, and I don't have a home there. I moved around uh, every few months. So when I moved to Norway, I was 27 mm -hmm. and uh, quite ready. Um, but um, still, it, there was a, a culture shock uh, that came in the nuances of things. Right. Um, there's so much similar that when things are different, it's a little bit surprising and a little bit unnerving. Uh, but I've <laughs> I think I had the same been... thing when I was in England. <laughs> yeah. So this year, actually, I mark half my life in Norway. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, so I'm a Norwegian citizen now. Yeah. Uh, no longer an American citizen. Um and uh, two grown kids, neither of them make their home in Norway now. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm a writer. Um, plays and poetry and mm -hmm. essays. Um, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And also teacher uh, in And theater. I teach, yes. Yeah. Uh, Which is... I fell into that. Um, I had been intending to take a master's degree in playwriting in the States when I moved to Norway instead. Okay. Um, wasn't a lot of point in writing of plays in Norway because in America I was doing more performance work. I was writing very uh, satire performance pieces that made no sense in Norway. Yeah. Um, and I began translating. And then uh, Nav forced me to apply for a job as a teacher, which I thought was hilarious. And I got hired. <laughs> which is a great. <laughs> yeah, I've been stuck there ever since. And every couple of years, I kept thinking, what the hell am I doing with my life? This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and then, weirdly enough, I usually get a letter 
from yeah. a former student that reminds me that, okay, well, maybe I am sort of where I should be for right now. I, in, in mm. terms of my own experience, I think you definitely were exactly where I, I needed you to be uh, <laughs> at that moment because, I don't know, you really inspired me with a lot of what, because I'm one of the few students from that class that actually went on and did theatre later on because there's not a lot of us from our class. Um, but mm. I think I owe a lot of it to you and also like work ethics wise um because we we did we did become quite good friends especially in the, maybe the last year uh, I remember we and we did a lot of side projects together with you had writing uh classes with us after school uh I also mm -hmm. remember we did yoga classes before school uh, <laughs> and like all these kind of side projects and I don't know I I just it really inspired me and um, the work that you did and the kind of how I got to know you and everything, it, it really wanted me to just kind of push on. And uh, you gave, you kind of showed me that theatre doesn't always also have to be creative. It has to be kind of logical and like the work <laughs> that actually requires, you gave us quite a, uh, a realistic view on what theatre actually is, I found. Um, that it isn't this kind of, wishy-washy kind of uh, floaty uh, dreaming babies in space kind of exercises <laughs> it was like it was hard work and I think that that was a really big turning point for me because it gave me something that this is actually something that is much more than just playing <laughs> ah. which I think is a it's a good lesson to learn at that point whether when you decide when you kind of go on and if you decide you're going to continue doing this or not <laughs> yeah yeah maybe so I, I don't know it's nice to hear that I had a good influence then yeah. um, it's it is hit and miss um and I like to think that I, I what I've said before is that uh, nine times out of ten I say the wrong thing uh and that one time I say the right thing and I talk a lot so <laughs> Hopefully I do some good in the world, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, you you bring a lot of, you bring an intellectual element into a lot of what you do. And that is what I really, like, I think that's really stuck with me. And it's kind of, it piqued my interest in a lot of things in theatre and in history and kind of learning the more, uh, the kind of, yeah, you were the first person that kind of showed me the intellectual side of things, even though we didn't, go a typical intellectual way of studying <laughs> or what people wouldn't necessarily consider intellectual but you kind of bring in that element because theater can be really intellectual uh in in a lot of the process in writing and what plays mean and you kind of need to understand that in order to to work with it i think so uh, that's oh. what i, yeah, I like that i think that uh, a lot of playwrights are very intellectual and mm. I think that, um, well, about your podcast is a lot about emotion, right? Yeah. And that um, I think our emotion without our intellect is a very dangerous thing, yeah. very seductive yeah. in good and bad ways. Um, and to try and find a balance and walk a middle path is important. And I think if that's important in life, it has to be important in art. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Now, I don't remember quite but I, I i have a feeling that i did see you 
either like half a year later after this happened, after the breakup. I just, yeah. I have like a, like, I, I have a feeling that I did speak to you at one point. But like, my mind was very muddled at, in this time. <laughs> but I do yeah. have a sensation that I did actually speak to you at one point or another about this. Do you have a recollection of that? Uh, yeah, because uh, the original invitation to the wedding. Yes. That was with me and my ex. <laughs> it was you and your ex were invited to the wedding. And by the time the wedding rolled around, I was uh, single. You were going through a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a great wedding though. I still I I <laughs> did show up and had a great fun. <laughs> you did show up. It was great, yes. <laughs> I might use the photo because I have a photo of us uh from a Polaroid uh from that uh wedding that I have on my fridge, actually, and I might use that for the promo for this. <laughs> because oh, it's really wonderful. Cute. <laughs> Di will be thrilled. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming it's one Di took. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's yeah. of me and you, and you just look really, really happy. And it was such a it was such a beautiful bride, Ren. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, today's theme is all about um, a letter to my future self. Uh, it's one of probably a series of a lot of kind of where I start to write um, things that I'm supposed to read later in order to kind of cheer myself up or like whenever I kind of feel good at one point. So this is not necessarily something that was written when I felt bad, but something that I've kind of felt hopeful and then wanted to re like remember those kind of feelings and therefore wrote these kind of letters to myself. But I don't know... I think most of the ones I wrote was for me to read in like an hour or a day later, like because I knew it was going to come eventually, but I never did read them. I just wrote another thing that was all depressing. So uh, it's, it's really interesting with these, kind of, the kind of principle of writing a letter to yourself. What what do you think about when when you heard the theme was going to be writing a letter to the future self? <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, because you sent me the letter yesterday and mm -hmm. I couldn't open it on my phone. So I had to wait oh. until I could get to the computer to open it. So I was thinking quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I have just finished a series of essays uh, on this virtual Camino walk, which was very com contemplative the whole month here. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking it would be interesting to write a letter to my future self. Yeah. And like this kind of rough thing that my goodness what is my future self when i've lived more than half my life now yeah what do i see about who is my future self yeah um and i was thinking that i would ask my future self to remember to be kind to me yeah um because i think when I consider how much I've changed over the years. Sometimes when I look back at who I was when I was 18 or 30, I'm very harsh. Yeah. And I think, wow, I'm so glad I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. And I forget the nice things about myself that I might have lost as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think we can be judgmental with ourselves in the moment, but we can also be judgmental with ourselves when we look back, which can be kind of painful. Yeah, I... Uh, I've caught myself in doing that quite a lot these days, actually. I think it's just because I have so much time to think. <laughs> and kind of thinking back to who I was. Well, obviously, 
at this point when I wrote this, I'm very harsh to myself, even though, and also before that, because I had ideas and it's just kind of, I've been thinking about how I myself kind of developed into who, who I am today. And like at one point I had a completely opposite political views. I had completely mm. opposite ideas of like uh, my own sexuality. Um, a lot of these things that is kind of, I don't like that I had those ideas about it before or thought these things, but I, in the end, I can't really be angry at myself because I wasn't like, obviously everything in retrospect is like better <laughs> or yeah. in some way or form, you're going to like develop a, some kind of idea around it. But in retrospect, you can kind of be critical to everything. But in the end, like, especially when it comes to this breakup, back then I was who I was at that point. It doesn't really yeah. matter that I'm saying that that was wrong or I did that wrong. I did what I thought was the thing I had to do at that point and went through the processes that kind of was like just happened by itself. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a hard thing to kind of explain, but it's kind of being angry at who I was is like, but I didn't, that seemed the right thing to do at that point. So how can I be angry at that point now? <laughs> But can you be kind to yourself and like who you were anyway? That's a, Would, that's a bigger thing. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's another question. It is a whole other question. Would I, like, I think in in the long term, I have to maybe uh, yeah. because I don't know. This is a this is a whole different uh, idea about it. But it's the idea of like sleeping with someone. And then regretting it afterwards. I've kind of taught myself not to regret it. Um, because I was like, well, it seemed the right at that point. And so far, I've been able to like the person who did that. Uh, but we're not talking that for, far like in, in the past. Because I don't want to not like myself for doing things that seems regrettable. Um, I'd rather just not regret it and just enjoy it and say that, oh, at least it's a good story now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I would struggle with, with uh, accepting and liking the conservative me when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think, don't we have this idea, you, you used the word story, we yeah. have this idea that we're growing into something. We have this story and yeah. that we're evolving into something better all the time. And, of course, we try to do that. Yeah. But I think sometimes, at least now, at my age, when I look back, I think, wow, I lost that really good thing there. What happened there? Uh -huh. what, what, when did I stop drawing for fun? When did I stop doing, yeah, Um yeah that I don't see it anymore as a linear thing that I'm just getting better as a human being. Yeah. I, f I find I have to be very careful yeah. um, and stay open to the idea that there were things about me as horrible as I was at 18. There were some nice things that I missed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't mean like, obviously the lack of wrinkles and um, well, <laughs> here, boobs. The obvious. I, I mean, you know, um, yeah. aspects of my personality that, um, that I, I think grew, 
a direction that was, uh, I don't know how to say grew backwards because that, uh, that it kind of derails everything I was trying to say about growing. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes I keep uh, handwritten journals mm-hmm. and I find that when I reread things, I get very frustrated with myself because I realize, wow, I had that thought five years ago. Why didn't I improve? Why am I still having that thought? Yeah. I'm, I'm just going in circles. Yeah. Um, so I'm having a hard time now because I've kept journals seeing any kind of linear development in my life. I don't, I don't see that. I don't Um, think like, I don't think life is very linear to be honest. I think, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, kind of think that we're going to have a linear development is, I don't, I don't know. We are shaped by the things that happens around us in the end, I think. And it, even though we kind of keep at a linear idea about how, like obviously, I'm I'm thinking myself. This is the point where I'm at, and that's where I want to go. Uh, in yeah. terms of like, say, career, I know where I want to go, um, but I'm not saying how I know how to get there. Uh, it's very linear yeah. to me, but the road itself might not be as linear, and I'm probably going to have to do a lot of pit stops and travel around and things like that before I will actually reach that point. <laughs> yeah. So I think the the grand idea of looking forward to an idea is very linear but in itself the path may not be as linear yeah well when you're sitting down to write a letter to your future self about this breakup yeah (laughs) who do you see as your future self you said you didn't have a specific idea in mind a specific age or time but i think what was the future (laughs) i think in in terms of this letter at least i think the future would just very because I didn't feel at this point that the, the time was moving very, very slow. So I didn't, yeah. I couldn't feel myself moving ahead. I didn't feel like there was an end point to all these feelings. I didn't have a sensation that there was going to be a point when this is kind of done. So I think a lot of these letters that I wrote were kind of short-sighted in like, okay, so the next time you feel sad or next time you feel shit read this letter because this will remind you of why it's not so shit. (laughs) So it was kind of just me in a way kind of putting to paper what I thought, like my own comfort. Uh, Because as I said, it was written in a time when I actually felt better. So I was going to use that as a way of whenever I felt sad, I could remind myself of the feeling when I was feeling better. (laughs) Yeah. So it wasn't meant for like long, long term. Like there's no information that I need to remember like now. It would be weird to find a message like, Alden, in four years time, this is what you should consider. (laughs) But the whole thing exists as a time capsule in itself already. Um, But these letters were very, yeah, I do remember them being like, this is, it's like a motivational like quote on your wall or a tattoo it's just Mm -hmm. short term whenever you feel shit read this letter because it was written in a time when you felt better and that might help you (laughs) in a way yeah yeah because when i read this i was surprised because i thought it was a letter to the future so i thought you would be talking to yourself imagining yourself out of this yeah and then i realized 
this is what it is to be in the in the middle of grief. Yeah. Where you you actually don't have the ability to imagine that someday you're not going to feel this as a baseline. That's the thing. Um so that it's a it's a a frightening place to be, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, there was no end to my I didn't see an end point. Everyone said it was going to go over, but I couldn't see that. It was just yeah. like because grief is so overwhelming at the point where you are there and then you kind of you sometimes get this sense of relief at one point but then you still can't see you still have that so far like up in your body that is, is that still exists there so yeah because I like I remember like five minutes felt like half an hour like the whole sensation of time really fucks you up <laughs> yeah <laughs> in that moment so it was just me kind of finding the, the 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 only things that would kind of comfort me in some way in the short term <laughs> because I didn't have the ability to think long term like I could barely think about the ending of the term I was at the university <laughs> yeah and a, a time without him a time without all this glory that I thought he was <laughs> I thought a, a time where I would be myself <laughs> yeah you know so yeah now I think that it's really helpful this letter is so helpful for other people who are now meeting people who are in the middle of grief yeah as a very clear reminder of how difficult it is to have a sense of the future when you are in that. Yeah. Because the first thing to comfort someone, oh, yes, it will pass. Of yeah. course it will pass. Yeah. You have a long life ahead of you. And, yeah. But that grief does that. It actually sucks you into the moment and you, you cannot see a future self even when you think you're talking to a future self. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. And I think it's very important to remember now, especially with people who do struggle with like mental... Um, mental health problems in this kind of crisis time moves in a whole different way when you are stuck in 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 those things yeah. in in depression and in grief or like yeah in this position that a lot of people are finding themselves at the moment as i said like youth are finding like depression with youth is skyrocketed because of this and mm -hmm. so it is not just it part it will pass of course it will but time will be different for them. Yeah. And the whole experience of what is happening to the world will be different. It is not just, this will go over in a couple of months. This is now, world is falling apart. <laughs> yeah, no, I think when we're depressed, we turn into dogs. We lie on the couch and we have no concept of the future. <laughs> it's... Um... <laughs> yeah, or even a concept of the past. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to jump into reading this now because we've had a great lovely discussion about this um okay. i'm very i haven't read this a lot i translated it to english for you um so yeah. i'm very excited to actually read it again because i don't quite remember what is happening so i will <laughs> now introduce chapter 23 the 1st of october 2015 at 7 56 a.m Letter to the future. A small or potentially long message to my future self. Precisely when I write this, a little too early on the Sunday morning, 
I'm actually doing fine, though I know it hasn't been many hours since I last cried over him, five and a half weeks later. This message for the future is to stop being so dramatic and simply trust that he will keep in touch. Okay, there's a, there's, there's a few things I want to point out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I enjoy the small things of like, a small or potentially long message to my future self. And it did turn out to be very long in the end. Uh, as I said, that this is a dissected version. Um, um, I'm actually doing fine. And I think it's, this is one of those kind of spells that come within grief where you just suddenly, I don't know if it's a bodily reaction that just kind of, where you're so overwhelmed, you just kind of go like, oh, but everything. Or just the sensation of feeling fine is so apparent because you're so used to being in grief <laughs> yeah because i still could like i could sense myself actually feeling a sense of relief and feeling fine um mm. which i do actually that sensation i still remember because it was like oh this is not something i'm very used to and it, it feels almost euphoric <laughs> uh, yeah. in a way um and even though it hasn't been many hours since I last cried of him over him, uh, and this is also one of the first time things. What five and a half weeks later, where I actually like put it in perspective, it's five and a half weeks that's passed since we broke up, which is I find it's really interesting because just going by date, I'm not I'm very bad with dates and numbers, so it gives a kind of clear five and a half weeks weeks later. I'm and I don't know if I'm angry or sad about it because five and a half weeks later i don't know if that's good or bad <laughs> you know it's also very specific it's like being it, eight and a half years old yeah you know? <laughs> it is very specific like i think i almost like for a while the date was so imprinted and like basically counting the days and and looking yeah. forward and i don't know like because that's one of how interesting is, is it a long time five and a half weeks uh, or is it a short time? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what my concept of it was at this moment. Moment, but I think, considering the next sentence, as this message for the future is to is to stop being so dramatic, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is good. But then simply trust that he will keep in touch. So yeah. I'm not letting go, uh, yeah. as we've been talking about in some of the other one podcasts, where it seems like I'm finally letting go and. At this moment of relief, uh, where I'm feeling fine, I'm still very focused that he's going to keep in touch. <laughs> were you at all aware that you wanted to keep in touch with who you were with him instead of him? What do you mean? Um, that when we when we come out of a relationship and and i think it's different when you've been dumped it's very different from a gradual breakup that struggles over and you don't have a date to put on when this happened yeah. but that <laughs> i think when i think back about broken marriages and things that didn't work out i miss the person i was with that person often right, as much okay. as i miss that person yeah and that when you say that he'll keep in touch i keep thinking wow do you mean you miss the person you were and who what you were feeling when you were with him? Or do you miss him? That's a good, good question. I think, I in my mind at this point, I think it was very much him. 
that he was the person. But I think it's because I kind of idolized him in a way. I kind of almost deified him uh, as this kind of savior because I felt that he taught me so much. I felt so comfortable around him for some reason. So maybe it's it's a, there was a lot of comfort for me to be around him, but just the idea yeah. of him of having someone because as I've talked a lot in previous podcasts, uh, previous episodes, is the the sensation of um, safety he gave me. I, there was a lot of safety in being with him. And I felt that I lost that safety when I moved away and suddenly was far away and kind of left to myself. So I felt, mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of what it comes to is, he, I, it was safe. It was predictable. It was, even though it wasn't, um, as I can recall now afterwards four years later four and a half years later I can I can definitely say it was not stable and not predictable at all but it felt like it because it gave me something to kind of hold on to it gave me a sense of purpose um so it might have been actually my own feelings more than him but it all kind of in my mind it was him uh he was Mm. the kind of the thing that I was lacking and the thing that I needed uh my anchor that I saw as this perfect human being that I wanted to be with and that I somewhat needed to be with. But a being is a fixed image because, I mean, would you want him to stay in touch if he had fallen in love with someone else and was living his life? And That's the thing. And that's, I know that's a a theme that's going to come on later because it's, it's all about how, how do I deal with the fact that he might be sleeping with someone else? How do I, because I saw, as we've also talked about before, like the idea of a romantic relationship with him, even though, or like a, a sexual relationship with him, even though we're not together, I completely saw that that was a possibility, that we were, we could at least sleep together, we could be great friends, we could do a lot of things together. Um, And I saw that as the ultimate possibility, even though it wasn't possible at all. So it wasn't, I kind of let myself, like, I tried to convince myself that it could be romantic, but that also, or sexual, but that also made me face the fact that well he was going to go around and sleep with other people and he was going to live his life and um where does that place me in this equation because I didn't know and I I really didn't like the idea that he was going to sleep with other people (laughs) and that was such a horrible feeling and such a horrible like idea that he was going to do it but I also knew that I couldn't keep him from it so it just made me in a position, put me in a position where I didn't, I, I don't know, it complicated things a lot more than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah. Even if this is something you don't want to think about, you have to acknowledge it's there. Yes, I know that it feels like time is moving slow and that it feels like you haven't seen each other for at least half a year, maybe more. But remember that it probably isn't all that long and that you're making this much more dramatic than it is. Even how tough it is, you have to remember that he dumped you. Maybe because things you did or because of his own securities. There we go. This is also one of the first points where I actually make the, the idea that time is moving slow. Time is... And this is where it really comes to show that, hey, Auden, over there in the future... I know this is how you're feeling. I know this is how it, 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 I know it comes across. Um, 
and it feels like you haven't seen each other but like five and a half weeks that's actually that's since the breakup but i saw him like a week after that or a week and a half after that so it's, i haven't seen him for four weeks and this is where we talked about the kind of your relationship to time when you're in grief <laughs> yeah really comes across in in these words i think because it feels... And your idea of the future is only, what, five months? In, in, yes. <laughs> not even five months. Yeah. <laughs> your future self doesn't age. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> and also, but I think I'm, I'm very glad that we're still going on the... Uh, even though you have to remember that he dumped you. Uh, I think is a, is a really good sentence. Uh, because it was one of those things that was really, really hard for me to acknowledge and actually say and accept in a way, because that is what would define that this relationship was over. Uh, it was, it took me five and a half weeks just to say that. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I was so in denial. I, but I gave you a line reading with that. And I said, remember that he dumped you, which is... Um, that that particular line reading makes it about you and him dumping you. It's very true. But I could have very easily said to remember that he dumped you. Yeah, it could have. It could have been and a lot angrier. Blame. Yeah, I, I yeah, do, it's very true. Do you remember what you meant when you wrote it? Was it dumped or was it you? I think it was dumped. I think it was, it was dumped. dumped. Yeah, he dumped you. Yeah, the asshole. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think. I, it's almost like it's it's a it's a hybrid emphasis on both of those words. It's dumped mm. you, like you are the one who has been dumped uh, by him. Yeah. Whether I was angry or not, because it, it as I say in the se- next sentence, maybe because of it or things you did, or because of his own insecurity. So I'm not sure if I'm angry mm. yet. <laughs> I think. I think it's like, because we don't know why it happened. I hadn't gotten all the answers I wanted. We didn't. Uh, I was just left with, because I blamed myself a lot, but at the same time, maybe it was him. So we're starting to also consider the idea that maybe it actually was him, but then it might as well have been me. So I think it's just, it's me being angry at me, but uh, a predecessor to the idea of being angry at him. (laughs) Yeah. If that makes any sense at all, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so you're continuing with your advice to your future self. (laughs) Even so... Don't try to reach for the hand that pushed you away. He needs to offer it to you, and as long as he doesn't, there's no point to sit and wait for it. You'll just be lost in time, and you won't get anything done. <laughs> what exactly are you trying to do to your future self I, here? <laughs> <laughs> Is this comforting advice? I mean, yeah. I, I think, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm actually trying to install some anger in myself, because it's very much like, don't try to reach for the hand that pushed you away. Which is quite an angry sentence. Like, he pushed, pushed. Is... It also is very, you're fantasizing that he's going to reach yes. out to your future self. So I am, I am. <laughs> Poor I... things still have not given up hope. Yeah. Nope, nope. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, yeah, I, I am waiting. I am definitely waiting for that hand to come and I'll be ready for it. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait for it. And that kind of thing is the key in this, that I'm definitely going to wait for it. But I shouldn't be reaching, even though I really, really wanted to and probably did a couple of times. Um, 
I, I don't know. Thinking about as a stereotypical woman here, living in in a culture that I grew up in, are you at this point thinking I'm going to lose weight and get really hot, and then <laughs> I will not accept his hand when he reaches out? Oh, I I would definitely take his hand when he reached out. I was I was ready. Um, and wow. I didn't I didn't really start losing weight. The reason I, I did lost a lot of weight, but that's just because I stopped eating. Um, I didn't yeah. really go with like working myself towards becoming more available. I tried to kind of look through my own faults in order to be ready. So because I thought a lot of this was my fault, I was much more going to like assess those things about myself. Um in order to be prepared for the hopefully new arrival of a relationship at the later point. But it wasn't so much that it was a physical thing. It was more myself as a personality and person, uh, mm. actually, that I was more inclined to change. Um, Do you think that was more painful or less painful if you had blamed the outer? That's a good point. Because I, th- I think... I, I think it was more painful. I think... Yeah. If if I'd kind of become driven to become to get in shape and kind of uh, work with my own body con- confidence in a way, um, I think that would in in the long run it will create some kind of confidence for yourself as a person um, mm-hmm. because you will feel better when you're it, like I didn't feel any better because I didn't eat so I didn't get enough nutrients and that kind of fucks up the body and I think that had a yeah. ne- negative impact on my mentality in itself uh but if i had been eating right if i had been exercising it probably could have helped me a lot more because it would give me a sense of confidence in myself even though it was for this other person kind of blaming me in my mind was (laughs) (laughs) that's my dog (laughs) Not my stomach. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> He's just popping up on the screen here for like this is great podcast oh, yeah, material. <laughs> yeah. He's so cute. So there you have him yawning. <laughs> That's a beautiful dog. Um but yeah, I think I I think it was more problematic for my own mentality to think that I was a fault with myself because that didn't allow me to accept me for who I was. Rather than if it had been something physical, I could at least kind of enjoy that instead of thinking that I had to change something within myself that I myself was wrong. Yeah, yeah. So because the next the next sentence actually takes that up. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I know you're thinking about how lucky you were to be with a person who was so handsome, knowledgeable, and sociable. But remember that you are someone equally. No, you. Let's see. But remember that there are more of them. Yeah. And that you are handsome and sociable as well. I like that. There is no. I've Hmm? I've, left out knowledgeable for myself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it probably was deliberate. (laughs) Uh, You think? I think so, yeah. There's no reason you can't find someone equally good or even better. Hmm? And when that moment comes, you will know that you need to watch out for oh. yourself, Odin. Don't undermine yourself. Maintain yourself and your independence and your maturity. It 
such a big part of you and means so much. So it's very conflicted in I find in this particular sentence because it it says at at the same time it's like you're independent you're mature kind of building myself up it's still also breaking myself down um yeah because I still say and when that moment comes you know that you need to watch out for yourself or like I think yeah it's a kind of fall with like I need to make sure that I'm right or like I've I've, I'm not doing the same mistakes that I did before. So it's still something about me. It's still something in my mind as something about me that I need to change. Uh, so even yeah. though I'm like putting myself like, you're mature, you're independent, you're going to find someone just as good. Just make sure you are better in some way or you take care of these things. It's yeah, ha- it's a strange combination of hubris and humility. <laughs> it's kind of, um, you're assuming that your former self Needs advice from who you are now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that um, it's almost, again, this idea of not really having a concept of a future self. No. Um, someone who's gone through this and is is kind of, again, the, that idea of maturity and, and thinking at every stop we think we're done growing. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm... I'm 18 now. I know everything. I'm 25. I know everything. I'm 30. I know everything. Yeah. And here I am, 54, and I'm going, you know what? I hope I don't know everything. Yeah. I hope when I'm 60, I laugh at myself. I hope when I'm 80, I am dying about what an idiot I was. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's this idea when we confront our future selves, we're not going to be any wiser than we are now. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have new experiences, but not necessarily any wiser. <laughs> Right. I'm going to still need advice from 18-year-old me. And uh, yeah. And maybe there's, yeah, I'm sure if I talk to 18-year-old me, I'm sure I would hear a lot of really wise things I've forgotten. Because when I talk to 18-year-olds, I hear a lot of wise things that I have either forgotten or never known. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very up for this idea that your old self might have some advice for your future self. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, but you certainly don't seem to really believe that you're going to come out of this feeling. <laughs> Not at this point. No, and uh, I didn't either. That's the thing. Like, it, I do not see an end point to this. And if there is an end point, it is that I have to change something about myself before that moment can happen. <laughs> Um, and I think, because uh, a lot of these feelings also come from, because what something he said to me was that I am going to change so much in, much in my 20s. Um, you're going to develop so much because that's what he did. And I was very opposed to the idea that you can't tell me how I'm going to change and how I'm going to develop because you're going to do equal measure when you're in your 30s because you don't know everything because he was in his 30s at that point. So yeah. I was very much like, you don't, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through already and how I've kind of developed myself. Um, but I'm also, yeah, I think I'm, I'm <laughs> I equally, I understand that that's something I'm going to have to go through. Um, but at this moment, it seems like the only thing that I can do is to change who I am because I believe that that's what made this not work. No, 
I find it, I find this letter really, really sad. It breaks my heart because it's, there isn't really hope. You're seeing yourself in the future still needing yeah. the same kind of support you need in the immediate time. And, um, I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, but this kind of being pinned in the moment without a concept of the future, really. It's a good reminder, I think, for everybody who's been through a breakup and a heartache and this kind of grief. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is the reality. And I don't know if there's anything anybody can say to someone in this point. No. I And yesterday I was, uh, when this is being recorded, I was, someone actually asked me, uh, I was doing like this Snapchat takeover thing and someone asked me like, do you have any tips for someone who's going through breakups because I'm making a whole mm -hmm. podcast about it. And it's really horrible because obviously... Um, I want to give a sense of do this and this and this and this, um, but it's not possible. I, I can't, and I don't think anyone can, uh, apart from just, you just have to listen to yourself and what do you need now and kind of uh, surround yourself with good people that you trust and take the time that it requires and do the things that feels right at this moment and kind of allow yourself to take that time that you feel that you need <laughs> yeah because it's there's no way of doing it and we're all different like obviously this is just this is my process the process that I went through um for me at this moment in time but I've been through breakups later um what this period told me is how I could deal with my emotions um which has been not writing anymore uh, because that's mm -hmm. not how I deal with emotions. I just need to, I need to sit down and I need to just, just listen to my emotions and feel my emotions and see what do I need from this? Like allow myself to take those moments, allow myself to feel a little bit pity and then go out and me see some people and then maybe go home and then maybe give it a cry and then just like let it run its course really. Um, and trust yeah. in the fact that this is going to go over. Um, and also just, uh, appreciate those horrible feelings for what they are an affirmation that you have been able to love and you will definitely be able to love again that is all you can say isn't yeah, it yeah <laughs> it is <laughs> and it's it's the same thing as people saying it's gonna pass like time heals that all wounds it's gonna get better mm -hmm. and that's 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 it and yeah and my addition to that is just trust your feelings trust your like don't be scared of your emotions let them breathe because it is a part of you that you if you try to deny them if you try to hold them back if you try to convince them otherwise it's not going to help you just need to understand that these are your emotions and you just need to feel them and allow them yeah. to exist in a way i think that is probably the only real advice isn't it to just yeah. be present yeah because i find my go-to advice is so stupid that it comes out of my mouth before i think about it where i say oh you're not alone other people are feeling yeah. this. Other people have felt it. You're not alone. Yeah. So? Yeah. That doesn't help me. That is, no, that doesn't help anyone. I think what we need is is not to know that we're not alone, but to just have someone be in the moment with us to have companionship through it helps. I yeah. do think that helps. Definitely. Definitely. We're, somebody sit and breathe with us yeah. and say, yes. Yeah. This is. But that's you know. what I started it when I've been through breakups later I just I text a good friend and I'm like can we just be together 
I like yeah. not necessarily talk, not necessarily like I might just have to cry. I might have to spill a lot of words, uh, some my own reactions. But I just I don't necessarily need you to give me any tips. I just need someone to be there while I'm having these emotions because I don't want to feel alone at this moment. I need someone yeah. to just be there and just uh, prepare them. I'm probably going to be a little bit irrational. It's going to be a lot of things coming out, but I hope it can just be there for me. Um, so at least you don't have that sensation of being alone or call someone or like, cause just airing it out as well is, is a really good, is a good way for me to do it at least. Um, but there mm. we are all different <laughs> because it's so personal, these kind of processes in the end. Yeah. Is it, we were talking earlier about theater being emotion and art yeah. and how those things temper each other. And, and there's a poet who said that poetry is emotion recollected in a moment of, of, uh, of calmness. Yeah. Um, I'm not quoting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he said it much better and more succinctly. Yeah. Uh, but that I think that being with someone is, I mean, if we're going to go around and call things art, you know, the art of baking bread or the art of this or the <laughs> art of that. Yeah. I think, what makes it feel like that is that we, instead of being lost inside of it, yeah, we stand next to it. Yeah. And it's not intellectualizing it. It's not that far. We don't need to analyze it, but we do need to look at it. Mm. And that if we have somebody sitting with us, we see ourselves and it does pull us out of the deepest part, I think. Yeah. That... Um, or that I, for some people, I do think writing, for me, writing helps. Mm. It, um, it does help me. Like, I don't write as much as I do anymore, but I have found my own way of writing that processes the emotions in a different way. But sometimes I also just have to, yeah. when I feel that I'm going into this kind of process of the way that I've written here, um, that's when I kind of have to just put down the pen and just be like, okay, no, just feels. Like, I'm not trying, I'm not writing anymore to convince myself. I'm writing myself, I'm writing just to kind of, yeah, my feelings um yeah in a way and i think that's also a very important thing so like don't convince yourself that what you're feeling is wrong or uh, different or that it's not the right way to do things or anything like that i think writing should be mm. therapeutic in the way that you just maybe explore but air out your feelings um and that's what it's yeah. become for me as well in in later years but i also just try to i don't do it as much uh anymore um, yeah, but I think that's the that's a point of a lot of therapeutic writing is mm. not to write it down so you can think your way through it. It's no. to write it down in in metaphor. Yeah. Some of the if you take a, a course in therapeutic writing, some of the prompts are very silly. Yeah. And you write about your feelings as dinner food and, yeah. and describe <laughs> eating your dinner. Yeah. And I think that is a way that it it isn't about fixing yourself. It's about actually creating things with those emotions that you stand next to them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's the whole purpose of any kind of art. Yeah. I don't know. People want to beat up a, a, a tortilla and, uh, and <laughs> with their anger. Yeah. That becomes an artwork too, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Someone tapes a banana to a wall and that also, <laughs> like, I mean, there's so many ways of, uh, <laughs> I was considering Well, this. I do. I do get a feeling of frustration when I see that, yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> obviously, that's a whole different 
discussion what is art and what is not but I think what I just want to say that as a, as a part of like what I think is great with modern art is because I also think that art creates reaction and if there's anything modern art is able to do is create reaction and I think that banana really created exactly what it was supposed to create <laughs> it is it creates a reaction or a sensation of either frustration yeah. or being impressed that they managed to sell it for so many millions. I mean, there's so many ways of looking at it. <laughs> well, what do you feel now about these bodies of letters that you've got? I'm happy that I have them. I'm very happy that I have all this information. I have all these processes and all and, and the whole shebang. But I feel very, I don't feel attached to them in any way, in the same way that I did. I like, I remember sensations of what they made me feel. I remember, mm-hmm. like, I can emotionally understand some of the things I wrote and kind of but I've also become so desensitized uh, yeah. to the whole thing because I don't have that experience of the breakup anymore. I don't have the experience of him anymore because I just, I wrote this and I put it away and I, it's been away for four years and then I brought it back. I'm very glad that I have them. I can kind of share them with other people, but they don't necessarily give me anything in particular, to be honest. Do you think that this whole podcast project is performative? Maybe, yeah. in one way or another. I, yeah, maybe. I, I haven't really considered of it, considered it in, in that way because for me, this has been a way of showing showcasing how someone went through this once <laughs> uh, you know because um, I thought it was such a shame to have all these texts and not be able to use them in any way create some reactions but also in the long run help people to understand that it is okay to go through these ideas we are we go through these processes of lacking the ability to see ourselves and the the terms of grief the the idea of emotions and kind of feeling lost and uh, feeling crazy uh, and as I look back and think of myself as batshit crazy but still in the end it's still as we were talking about about earlier the feeling of who you were back then I think is someone I can't really be angry at and why and I think presenting this is kind of my way of justifying it maybe Um, (laughs) but also just making it easier for people to talk about emotions and I don't know I haven't considered it a way in a way of performative it's just been a way for me to kind of to showcase maybe a process uh, with commentary from other people. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is performative then. <laughs> yeah. The word showcase rather points to that, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. That is my unconscious idea of this whole thing. Because in the end, I am telling my story of my breakup yeah. from written documents. That is what I'm doing. Well, and you must be, if you're if you're done with the breakup, but yeah. you're still chewing on this, there must be some other kind of dialectical thing going on here where you are learning something now while you're going through this process Yeah, that maybe you won't know till you're done. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I do actually think that I am learning a lot of things from this because it does... It does give me an idea of where I've been. And I think that's a really important lesson to always remember. Like, this is where you've been. And it has helped me. Like, I found these texts when I was feeling a similar feeling um, mm. a, over a year ago. Um, that's the whole reason I found them. Because I felt the same sensation of emotions that I had at this point. And I was like, wait a minute. I have actually written about this once. And that's how yeah. I found the texts again. Because I was like... This is no miss. This is this isn't a mystery to me. I have documented this once before, so it really helped me at that moment because it also gave me a drive of something to work with. Because it, 
at that moment I needed a way of escaping those emotions, I suppose. And at the same time that these texts gave me comfort, it also gave me a purpose uh, of something. And it gave me a, a concept of something that I wanted to explore because I found emotions and this kind of thing really important to talk about and because it's still very taboo especially for men and a lot of the gay scene as well um to talk about emotions in this way that we do all have these feelings and I myself included so working with this is really also teaching me how to maybe best understand my own feelings yeah in one perspective because there's still loads of other perspectives of how your emotional life exists but this definitely showed me one way and taught a lot about myself as i've Mm -hmm. been rewriting rereading them and kind of talking really going in depth about them having psychologists come and dissect them it's like oh shit i did not think about that (laughs) (laughs) so in the end like it's also project for me to really learn about myself and who i am and where i've been like it makes me feel selfish (laughs) But then again, like... oh, I wouldn't think of it that way. In fact, because um, I know I'm I'm not a psychologist, not pretending to be one on TV, nothing yeah. like that. But um, this whole idea of narrative psychology and the idea yeah. that we aren't anything, we create who we are every step of the way, yeah. and that when you're looking at this and when you're thinking, you're discovering who you are, you're actually doing a creative work of creating who you are. Yeah. So that uh, that's a possibility. Very much so. so yeah. Yeah. I just haven't <laughs> considered it. <laughs> But it's very, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Where do you think I am at this point? Where do you think or see where I'm heading off in this, from this chapter to 23? I don't think that you're done yet. I, mm. I would think, I mean, I also know that you have quite a few podcast episodes yeah. to go. Um, <laughs> But um, I think you still are in the moment without any concept of the future or any, you're not ready to begin kind of healing yet. So I'm expecting a lot more anger and frustration still. Yeah. Um, I'm expecting it to get uglier before it starts healing. (laughs) This is great because a lot of people, whenever I ask this question at the end of the podcast, everyone's like, oh, you're on a good path. You're going to get a lot better. So it's really cool to have someone say the complete opposite (laughs) oh no i'm expecting some curse words and some maybe fantasies about hiring a hitman oh really um... yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool (laughs) fantastic well we the only way we're going to find out is to continue with this podcast and i'm really really happy that you would come along and i'm presenting so many profound ideas around this that i just haven't considered No, I don't think they're profound, but uh, it's nice to come in with a different perspective. Yeah, and that's fantastic and great. I want to say thank you, Ren, for joining me on today's podcast. Um, To everyone who's listening, you can follow the podcast uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up Dumpet Podcast, which is D-U-M-P-E-T, and podcast with a C. Um, and you can find uh, this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. I don't know if I have to say that because you were already listening to it. Um, but yeah, find us on social media. Do like and click subscribe. Give some stars on iTunes. And if you want to send a direct email, just send it to dumpitpodcast, which is the same username, at gmail.com. And until next week, thank you very much, Ren Powell. Thank you for having me. It's been a yeah. pleasure. Bye.